Okay, hi, welcome to our latest edition of the Training Today podcast. Um, this week we've got uh, our ambassador, Izzy Davis, here to talk about how uh, she's getting on with the app, but also just generally about her amazing uh, performance in uh, triathlon and aquathlon uh, races and her history. Um, and just also with us, of course, Aidan Fran, who coach both Izzy uh, and me, um, I probably get a little less performance than Izzy does generally. <laughs> I'd say <laughs> when we do our TT thing uh, over Zwift, uh, I start first. Izzy starts way behind and then whizzes past me. But uh, yeah, that's that's fine. And <laughs> um, yeah, so Izzy, just to get some background from you, I know you started uh, you know, pretty recently in 2018 with was that with triathlon or aquathlon you first you first started. Uh, um. with? Yeah, so I did my first triathlon in 2018, and yeah. then yeah. in 2019 I did my first aquathlon. Yeah. Um, and then I'd recently joined a new team at work, uh, and one of my colleagues was a duathlon um, GB age grouper. So she was like, "Oh, you should probably give aquathlon a go because the bike was my weakest discipline at the time. Yeah. I'd never heard of like getting on the GB age group team before then." Um, so I found a local aquathlon, um, which was held at Birmingham University, which was just down the road from where I was living at the time. Yeah. And submitted my times and somehow got straight onto the uh, GB age group team. Wow. Uh, so that was all in 2019. Um, was that, then... I mean, that must have been a... Had, to get straight onto that GB team, I mean, how did that, how did that make you feel? Was that a surprise or were you it... thinking, actually, I'm not bad at this? No, it was a complete surprise because, um, I mean, I hadn't had any swimming lessons for a long time. So I think, I, I don't know when I stopped swimming, to be honest, I was still at school. Um, I only did it as like a, a hobby. I wasn't ever yeah. a competitive swimmer or anything. Um, and the same with running. I was just sort of on the cross country team, the athletics yeah. and hurdling team. Um, so I was like... I had it as a hobby when I was younger, yeah. but I was just revisiting it a bit later on. Um, yeah. So I was I was quite shocked to actually get on the team, to be honest, because, yeah. you know, I know there's so many great people out there, uh, but I was just grateful to have the opportunity to kind of yeah. get the ball rolling. And that made me super motivated to try and get onto the um, triathlon team yeah. as well. So again, in 2019, it was a busy year for me. Um, yeah. I entered Southport Triathlon, um and that was before I'd even met Fran and Aid. Um and I got onto the standard distance age group uh triathlon team. Yeah. Then wow. um so then it was only after I'd had my spot confirmed that I was like, I probably need a bit of guidance. I don't yeah. really know what I'm doing. I can swim, bike and run, but with little structure and I was kind of just doing a bit of a bit of everything but I wasn't really varying the training at all I had it was a bit clueless so were you following a, a plan at all or were you just sort of making it up uh to be honest I was kind of making it up as I went along yeah. um so yeah like I, I said I was just kind of doing a bit of everything just kind of like trying to spread it out throughout the week um I mean yeah I mean I remember when I first started thinking about putting a plan together and basically I just got three separate swimming running and biocycling plans and merge them together and then realise there's no way I'm going to be able to do all this in a week sort of thing. But So in, without any sort of st 
structure, I think it just starts to fall apart and becomes less, you get less motivated, would you say? Yeah, definitely. And it, I think it's having the sort of accountability as well when you've got yeah. a training plan uh, set out for you. Um, it was very easy when I was just sort of doing my own thing just to say, oh, I'll do, I'll go for a cycle next weekend or the weekend yeah. after. There was no like, I'm doing this on Monday and this on Tuesday and having a proper structure. Yeah. Um, I definitely need that kind of accountability um, from Fran having... So I know she's going to be looking at all my training sessions. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so how do you work with Aidan Fran? I mean, obviously in the pandemic, it's all remote, presumably. Is it still been has it over the last year? Yeah. Was so, it at the start? Wasn't it at the start? I guess. Yeah. So I I still live in the Midlands um, yeah. at the moment, and my family is all based down south in Bournemouth. Um, so all my training is remote pretty much um through training peaks and then whenever i'm down south visiting my family um if we can sort of tie in a session here and there together it's always nice to touch base with fran and aid um and then yeah joining some of their training camps when they're allowed to be on (laughs) after COVID (laughs) and everything um so yeah most of it's virtual at the moment but um if i would love to live closer and be more involved with their Sessions. Yeah, and do you? How do you feed back how you're getting, how a session went, or how you're feeling on a particular day when you're working? Because if you're in f- front of the coaches and you're working face to face, obviously they, you could obviously aid and Frank can see see you and they can see you know your reactions to things. But remotely, how, how have you dealt with with that? I mean, has it been an opportunity to to hide those things or to exaggerate them so you didn't have the hard session the next day? well to be honest through the lockdown training is the only thing that's really kept me sane so I'm not I haven't really been finding many excuses to not train yeah um but yeah I think the sort of dialogue uh between Fran and I uh, about my training and how sessions went and how I'm feeling um definitely helps so like we're regularly in contact um So, you know, if I'm feeling particularly tired or not up to a really hard training session, sometimes Fran will adjust those um, those sessions around how I'm feeling so that yeah. it might be more beneficial for me to push a bit harder a couple of days after I've recovered or something like that. So um, there's no point sort of knackering yourself out um, just because it's on the plan. You know, it's, it's really yeah. important to listen to your body and have that two-way dialogue with your coach, so... Yeah, and have you found that the same? Sorry, as you. There you go. Sorry, a friend. Have you found you found that the um, the, you know those similar difficulties or the similar sort of you know being able to keep in touch during lockdown has that been a challenge from your part, point of view? Um, well, I mean, obviously, it's always it's always nice to be able to touch base face to face, but um, with the communication with Zoom, with with you know, um, WhatsApp, all these kind of different forms, we can keep in communication, and if. You know, as long as your athlete is um, good at communicating, it you know you can keep you can keep it moving. You can change. You can adapt immediately. Um, you know, I think the hardest bit is if, if yeah. someone goes completely quiet on you for days and days and days, and you don't get that feedback, then you don't you yeah. don't know why. So you don't know if you need to change it or adapt it. Um, but it's all it's all about yeah. that that coach athlete you know communication uh, relationship basically. Yeah. 
But it's quite a skill, isn't it? I think I don't think I realised necessarily before. I think you before have mentioned Aid about language and people using different languages, and I I don't know whether I detect that in some of the things you put in in my sessions, like when you put just the way you describe a pace, or you know whether it's race pace or seventy point three pace or hard. Mm. Is that I, I might be reading too much into that? But I'm thinking, oh, is he trying to establish what I consider to be those spaces? Um, or so, you know, just trying to get the variation. But you know, people have things in dif- describe things in different ways, don't they? In terms of how they're yeah. They're working. So and and I think uh, yeah, and there's definitely um, method in that. So yes, uh, you're, you're spot on. So if you, if you want somebody to be testing what they think um, uh, a pace that they can run at or whatever it's going to be, then then you use that kind of language. And you know, but if you if you're aiming for a specific set where you really want them to be you know if you you and your athlete will always have in mind a goal in terms of what they're trying to achieve in a particular event um yeah so sometimes you'll set it around the specific parameters for that event so it really you know it's, it's it, it yes it um language is super important it is super important and that links to motivation and confidence as well i think um, in those conversations. yeah yeah absolutely and so, Izzy, you've got some. What well, you're, you've just had a tremendous result, haven't you? For you, um, you want to tell us a little about that, a little bit about that one? Yes. So last week, I did my first seventy point three race, um, which was quite challenging, mainly because of the weather. Um, yeah. But also, I'd never really done that distance before, so it was there was quite a lot of unknowns in terms of like how fast I would do each discipline and things like that. Um, so I was really happy with. Uh, the outcome I kind of surprised myself particularly on the bike in the run yeah um, so I was I was really happy um, overall I came fourth female um, fantastic and yeah I, I just felt um, quite comfortable but challenged yeah. at the same time um, so I think I paced everything quite well for me um, and I was kind of waiting to feel rubbish like I was waiting to feel really knackered and um like low on energy um but actually come the run I was feeling I felt like my legs were quite fresh still so I ended up doing quite a good run um what was the run time again one it was 126 something um but it was a slightly short course, so. <laughs> um, was it downhill with the wind behind you? That's what, That's what I aim for. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, I was really happy with that. And I had a really good tape week. I put up a little video on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, my tape week just consisted of some like race pace effort. So on the bike, it was no more than 70.3 um, pace on the bike and then the runs were the same just half marathon efforts and then some sea swims um, so my taper week was a lot less intense than obviously a normal training week as a taper week normally would be um, but I really saw my readiness to train score like increase throughout the week and then come Saturday night I think I was a 10 out of 10 race ready um, wow. which gave me a little bit of confidence going into the race so I was kind of as fresh as I could be um and then following really... this I, it was back down to zero again because my body just needed time to recover so yeah yeah that's really interesting so how is and when you're sort of in the middle of training and and i mean how many hours are you sort of hitting a week on your training 
and how intense is it generally? Are you seeing when you're doing that? Are you seeing the your training today RTT score varying within each session, but stay sort of you know how how much variance do you see compared to what you saw in the the taper week? Yeah, so I mean there will be quite a lot of variance throughout the week, um, yeah. and honestly, it's it's fairly in line with like what. I think Fran would expect from my body in terms of like recovery. So by the time it's a, a rest day, my my readiness to train score has like kind of gone down and down and down as I've got more tired and accumulated fatigue over my training sessions. Yeah. Um, but then I find it really interesting after I've had a, a hard, say, turbo session or a hard run session, I always check it in the morning to see how much recovery I've done overnight. And there's always a little um, a peak overnight as, you know, when you're sleeping, yeah. you're recovering a lot quicker. So, um, yeah, there are fluctuations, um, but, yeah, it, it does change yeah, a lot find, week. I mean, I find, yeah, absolutely, after a session, but also, yeah, sleep seems super important for me. If I have a bad night's sleep or uh, alcohol is not great, if I have too much alcohol, yeah, there's certain things you can tell that can knock you out um, and just sit down you know you wouldn't necessarily think would hit you so hard in terms of recovery um but uh yeah so when my daughter woke me up at two o'clock in the morning before her a levels because she was printing out something and couldn't change the cartridge on the printer (laughs) (laughs) that had an impact on my score in the morning (laughs) yeah that's how life gets in the way isn't it i think there's i think there's a couple of i mean obviously rest and recovery and the sleep element is yeah. key in terms of um, activating that part of your auto nervous system that you want to be um, leading the recovery um, but there are so many other factors that can affect that and the reason that's one of the reasons sleep is so important is because you actually switched off so you know you yeah. have the, the, the sort of mental stresses of the day aren't necessarily um, nagging at you either so it's, it is a critical time definitely is it, just a sort of another side on the sleep as well because Apple Watch sleep tracking is quite basic um but i don't and i think that's probably because um you need actually a whole lot more equipment to do more uh, in-depth sleep tracking for example when you enter into sort of rapid eye movement sleep at the end of a phase at the end of the sleep but i do find if i wake up too early and then don't go back to sleep because the rapid eye movement is typically the last part of your sleep, isn't it? I think is from what I've read. Um, that last part seems to be really important for me. So if I don't go back to sleep, if I wake up early and then get up, um, it has more, much more of an impact than if I get that extra hour or so afterwards, where there seem to be, I seem to get the most recovery from. Um, and that's uh, and that's the excuse I tell my wife for for her to make the tea in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so. Um, so that I mean that was a fan, that's fantastic. And what, what's your uh, sort of a race? Have you got what's your basis for the rest of the the year? Is it what have you got planned and what you or you know and for the following years or years? What's your sort of big goals going forward? So this year we're still kind of waiting to hear back from British Triathlon to see if the ITU and ETU events are going to go ahead abroad. Yeah. Um, so. If they do go ahead, then I'm racing in Edmonton, Canada for the ITU um, standard distance age group race yeah. and in Valencia for the ETU standard distance age group race as well. Wow, fantastic. Um, 
which would be really exciting. Uh, it's just like a great excuse to travel as well and see different yeah. places. And it's a completely different sort of race vibe um, yeah. with all the, there's, there's always a lot of GB people there shouting your name. So everybody seems to just club in with the support in those kind of races. So yeah, yeah that's really exciting. Uh, so fingers crossed we're allowed to travel. Um, but if not, then um, I've still got Weymouth 70.3, which was... okay one of my A races last year and yeah. so that's just been rolled over to this year. Um, that was going to be my first 70.3 last year, but now I've done one and I've also got Eastbourne um, 70.3 as a kind of warm up to that. Make yeah. all the mistakes before Weymouth, hopefully. <laughs> um, They're both so, yeah. quite hilly, aren't they? What was the, what was the one you just done? Where was that? That was the Huntsman Triathlon in the New Forest. That's, that's, I don't know that one particularly well. Is that quite flat or is it... Uh... Um, yeah, I mean, overall it was probably a lot flatter than uh, Weymouth or Eastbourne. Um, yeah. There was like a couple of hills, but nothing too, yeah. to, to be honest. So, yeah. yeah, it was more the wind and the rain that was the, uh, they were the challenges. Was it really bad? Yeah, for the first kind of half an hour on the bike, it was just pouring with rain. And then um, there was quite a lot of headwind and crosswinds when you kind of get to the top of the new forest and it's quite exposed. Lovely yeah. views on a sunny day, but it was a bit... Cool. No wild boar popping out to, to chase you from those forests. No, not a wild boar, but I did have to wait for a couple of horses and a cow to cross the road. So <laughs> <laughs> brakes were put on a few times. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> the joys of the forest, though. <laughs> you ever see that um, uh, half marathon in North America somewhere? Just trying to remember where it is, where one year a dog like wandered out of the house and, and went got onto the start lane the start line and then ran the whole half marathon <laughs> and came in seventh and, <laughs> and they named the dog I think it's called the hound dog half now or something brilliant brilliant picture of him he apparently got distracted halfway around chasing a rabbit into the woods but then got back on track <laughs> um yeah, so any so in terms of using the app, then it sounds like it has been of use to you. I mean, is there anything you think could be better though? Like, would you? Is there anything you would like to get more out of what what is provided by that sort of data? Like, yes. we don't go on. Um, yeah, no, I was just going to say uh, at the moment, I think you see a seven day rolling um, yeah. sort of line graph that shows the peaks and the troughs in your readiness to chain score. Yeah. Um, I think it would be quite useful if you could sort of wind that back and see your historic uh, yep. readiness to chain score. So, for example, like um, I felt quite ready to race last Sunday and I had a good taper week, but it would be interesting to see that come my next race or my next yeah. 7.3 that I could kind of compare those taper weeks and the position that I was in um, leading up to that race. So maybe sort of so sort of tag to be able to tag it as well and say that's when I did that yeah. race and that's when yeah that'd be interesting. So yeah, you, and just then for a bit of comparison, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that would be I really like interesting, idea. wouldn't it? Because then you know everybody's um, taper week is slightly different. People respond differently. People need more to, more time to recover, or you know need to do slightly longer sets. Otherwise, they get more fatigued. Um, so seeing a pattern to find out exactly what is the best taper for you going into a race it would be very interesting yeah 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 
it's good. It's, it is very interesting because it, there's an element, isn't there, with from a coach just thinking from a coaching perspective. There's an element of um, within with individual athletes, a bit of a bit of asking them what they've done before, a bit of trial and error before when you're working with an athlete, you really get a feel for what a good taper week is for them, um, and, yeah. then, and then that can vary as well. And you know, again, like like always, all the other impacts on. Um, daily life that have an impact on that as well so yeah no that would be really useful I think yeah and um, and I think you know from, from a sort of athlete at my level sort of um I know I don't really know what I could I mean I, I know I should taper but I don't I, when I think back I don't really know what has worked for me or not really so um it's usually just been trial and error so it would be really interesting to to compare you know to compare that with you know to see how it it affected a particular races yeah i think yeah. also like um with all the races pretty much in 2020 being cancelled and just yeah. rolled over but possibly to a different date in 2021 i'm sure it's the same for a lot of people's race calendar but like my races are kind of just they were luck of the draw really so like i some of the races that have been put in aren't really on an in an ideal position in my training plan so i know that september is a really busy month um and then i've got the london marathon early october so i probably won't be in the best position to yeah. you know be 100 percent for all of them because there's an element of you know you need time to recover and you need t- different amounts of recovery for the different races and things like that so um yeah. it might be useful to see like a different distance racing how long it takes you to recover um and maybe the various things that you've trialed and um, trial and error really for recovery as well um, because I've got another race next weekend and I feel like I probably will be recovered 100% by then hopefully um, yeah. but it would be interesting to kind of just see what my training today score is by then like I feel okay now but I haven't done my run set for today yet so we'll see later <laughs> <laughs> I know that my readiness to train is still sort of at like five or below five so i'm not i'm still not fully recovered um so yeah also the the lead up to the race but also the recovery after the race might be useful to be able to compare as well if you do have races sort of nearly back to back yeah do you think it has a psychological effect on you like if you see it's high thinking that actually i'm going to go hard when you might not have otherwise (laughs) Yeah, like, so like sometimes if I've got, a, say, a run set with intervals in it um, and my training today score is low, I do need that extra bit of, like, come on, you just need to get your head in the game and, like, yeah, do it. Because it's quite easy, I think, for you to see that your readiness to train score is low um, and yes. just be like, oh, there's my excuse for running a bit slower. Um, yeah. But So I think there is a bit of, like, um, it's useful... Um, but also it, it can explain why you maybe didn't hit a PB that day or, um, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, is, there, there is obviously other factors rather than just like how how you were feeling. But um, I noticed it a lot when I had a small operation in March and um, the recovery after that, um, my readiness to train score was like rock bottom for like a month and then still really low for a couple of weeks after that when I started to train but yeah um I felt like absolutely fine just like walking around in myself but then I knew that 
I needed to be careful with ramping up the training too quickly um, because the readiness to train score is obviously taking your heart rate variability. So that was reflected in my score on the app to say that my body is still recovering. Don't push it too hard because it needs all the energy that it can get to repair my body before it can start repairing post-training session as well. Yeah. So it's useful in that sense to um, to be mindful of your body so not to like overload it. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, uh, and Fran, were you able to use those those values to inform the sessions you were creating? Oh, God, absolutely. I mean, Izzy's always, you know, reflecting and saying where her readiness of score was. Um, um, but and that, and that goes alongside just the normal communications of how you feel and, and yeah. uh, in, in relation to energy levels and work and everything because it all has an impact. Um, but absolutely, yeah. I mean, if there's if, if it's consistently rock bottom, then, then obviously your body's telling you something that you just need to back off, you need to rest, you need to sleep, you need to recover. Um, and it's amazing how quickly it can bounce back. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes I find it bounces back um, by doing it, just, you know, a little bit of exercise. We do, yeah. we do get a few yeah. questions on support where people say, oh, it's been low for a while mm-hmm. and I've just been resting. And I think, it, but I think, think it's important to, if you're not in a, you know, training plan, but for people just looking at it to think, to realise that actually, uh, you know, gentle exercise or brisk walk, you know, sort of thing actually is good for your heart rate variability. It mm-hmm. sort of uh, wakes it up again and, and brings people back in line. But if you just give up and be restful, start resting to sedentary, then, you know, that's, that's not good. But really good stuff. Okay, so anybody else got any thoughts or comments? That's been really interesting, I think. Thanks very much, Izzy, for your feedback on that. It's been brilliant. Um, I think one other thing um, that I, I, know, I know other people would like to see from the app um, yeah. is, if possible, could like um, to become Garmin compatible. So I've obviously been talking <laughs> to a whole lot of my friends about yeah. this, and they're like, okay. "Oh, that's really cool. How can I download the app?" But if they don't have um, an Apple Watch, yeah. then um, they, they'd love to know the data because I know tri- a lot of triathletes just love data. Because Garmin have got a thing called battery body body battery is it body power something which is similar but I don't I think I don't think it's as the issue is where are we getting the HRV data from if Garmin aren't taking it on the watch and if people aren't wearing because I think people more likely wear Garmin's just for the activity and not throughout the day or night as well where we're getting the HRV data yeah. but. Um, uh, but yeah, that's certainly an interesting point, one, one we can have a look at. Good stuff. Any other comments, Fran or Age? No, that's good. No, no, that's really cool. Good to look. Yeah, brilliant. Good to see you, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good to see you. <laughs> Great. Thanks, for, thanks so much, everybody. That's been uh, really interesting. And, uh, have a good bank holiday weekend. Cheers. Thanks very much.